0: Hey everyone, welcome to Be Beautiful, Adaptive Warrior. I'm your host, Angie Huser. It's that time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Then let's do this. Wow, what a week it's been. And welcome. I'm so glad you've joined me again this week. And if you were here last week, my question to you would be, what did you dare to dream about? Last week on the call to action, I asked the listeners to kind of write down all the things they dreamt to do or to see or experience, and then to find out what was holding them back and kind of putting their dreams into kind of a triage. Like, what is the most attainable of those dreams right now in their life? And which ones might be a little further off? For me, you know, I had different different levels of dreams depending on what my leg was doing at the time. And for those of you that don't know, I'm an above-knee amputee. And I started this podcast shortly after I lost my leg. I elected to take my leg, um, which was definitely um, a soul-searching event. Um, to, to make that choice is a crazy thing and I know there are people that didn't get that choice made and it puts you in a completely different mental state than someone who had to choose it. So I, um, I'm on here and I'm, I'm hoping to get you all to, to live your best life. I mean that's really what it's all about and today it's a little late in the day but I am completely jacked right now. It has been an amazing day. Um, I am on cloud nine. And I think the irony of the day is what I plan to talk about for this week's podcast. um, New life was breathed into this topic um, with what I went and did with my dad while he's in visiting. And so there's a lot going on in my life right now, but the, the, the thing that's really taken my heart Is the equine world and if you know me and you've seen some of my uh, posts and I haven't really even posted much lately I've I've just tried to be with my family boys went back to college my dad's been in visiting for almost three weeks now husband had a lot of travel so whenever I had downtime I wanted to be with my family because that's most important And I would tell you that that could be a whole nother podcast on learning to know that you're not going to miss out on anything if you stop posting for a while and just walk away and live life, be a part of life. Don't let it get messed up because you feel like you have to do something. And you know, it's kind of amazing because my husband says to me all the time when I'm like, I have to get this done he goes, well, maybe what you need to do is say, I want to get this done because that puts a whole new dynamic on what it is you're, you're doing. So instead of going, I have to get my podcast done tonight, I want to get my podcast done tonight, or I need to get my podcast done, uh, or I want to get my podcast done, not I need to, right? So it just, it changes the dynamics. Our words are very, very strong within us, and we can either, um, you know, rise from the the words we feed ourselves or we can be buried by them and so you know I think there's a lot of truth to that and so I wanted to get on especially like my dad and I just got back from an all-day trip out east here in Arizona and um, it actually tied in like I said if you will allow me the joy of retelling a story that happened to me It's been four years since my amputation. I would say just about three years ago. I have a story that I would love for you to feel with me, something I went through. And maybe that'll give you a glimpse into where my love lies right now. So yes, you can guess it has to do with horses. Um, I grew up in Illinois. And like most every little girl, we dreamed of having a pony in the suburbs of Chicago, you didn't have horses. There were a few places you could, but not where we lived. No one I knew had one. There was no room for it. It wasn't zoned for it. It was suburban living. And um, here I am now, an amputee, uh, 50 years later, just about. But what ended up happening was in the years that we had little kids, every once in a while on a trip, I could convince my my husband and my two boys to do a horse trail ride. That's about as close as I came to being around horses. And if you've ever been on a trail ride, at the moment, that's the best thing in the world. But those horses are so done with the trail they ride 100 times a day, every day of the year. And so it's just they're just trodden along, right? It's nothing exciting. It's pretty much the, the, they memorized it. You know, you have someone guiding you, so you're not going to go and do anything crazy. And that's all I had experienced. And I think I did that maybe two times with our family. So I may, maybe three. So I've been around or on a horse, maybe three times in my entire life. When I was a little girl, my parents, after probably a thousand pleas, when we went, um, to South Dakota for a vacation. They let me go and do horse riding. So now you fast forward, and I am now a mom of teenage boys. I have a really bad leg. I finally decide to amputate, and I'm the kind of person that said, well, if you make that decision, then you live it, right? You've got to live it. you got to own it. You've got to just be, you have to, you can't sit back and go, oh, poor me. I chose it. So, and I know that, and I'm way too high-strung and way too type A personality to not own it. And I take that to the nth degree. Like, I don't ask for help with all the groceries. Only if I'm really, really tired and my leg's not fitting well will I even ask. I will take the garbage out if no one's paying attention. Um, Or the kids, now that they're at school, that used to be their job. Now I do it when my husband's traveling. And, you know, those types of things, those little things that just make the house run. Well, My husband and I decided to take a trip down to Tucson to um, go do one night stay over at that Miraval, which is a nice resort where basically they want you to reconnect with the world and the earth, turn off your phones and leave them in your room unless you are in certain cell phone usage areas or if you just take it out to take a picture because that's what everybody uses their cell phone for most of the time anyway. And I convinced my husband, they have a whole equine area there off campus that you can be bussed over to. And I just so badly wanted to try this thing called equine meditation. I had no idea what it was, what to expect. It was right after, I think, right, no, right before COVID hit. Um, I mean, like right before. There was nobody really there. It was kind of nice. And... um it was just my husband, myself, and this lady and her daughter that was at U of A, and they were taking a day off. And the four of us learned about how to empty our minds and ground ourselves. So I'm like, well, I can do that. You know, this is me, right? Think about this. I'm a type A personality. My brain is always working about 20 steps ahead of my body. And I'm like, I've already been an amputee for a year, and I'm like, I'm rocking it, I own it, I love it, I'm okay with it. So we sat and talked about what that meant before going into a corral with about five or six horses. And then um, we um, got into the corral where they were all at, and there were a couple that were kind of near us, and then a couple that were much further away on the other side, and... She had us all spread out and just kind of work on breathing and noticing our hair and our face and our shoulders and, you know, working our way down to relaxing all those body parts and really attuning to ourselves to feeling our cheekbone and things like that. And we were all just really quiet and peaceful and she was just quietly saying these things. And the next thing you know, you look around and all the horses were drawing near to us. It was kind of cool. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty neat. You know, we've all kind of cleared the energy. And I'm a big believer in the aura or the energy that we all bring to this world. And some people bring really loud energy and some have gentle souls, gentle energy. And I thought, okay. And she goes, now that they're here and you've grounded yourself, I want you to go to one of the horses and I just want you to connect with it, just spend some quiet time with it. Like me, the normal person I am, she let us know that the horses that were a little further away, they did come closer, but they were still further away, weren't always majorly active participants. And I thought, challenge accepted, because <laughs> that's what I do. I'm like, yep, you tell me I can't I uh, can't get that horse to wanna be me with me, I'm gonna show you I can. I'm calm enough, I'm centered enough. So I walk over. Now, for me at this point, only a year in with my prosthetic, if that, not even, I'm still getting used to the fit. I'm still getting used to walking on normal surface. Now you're talking about on sandy, gritty surface where there's hoof prints and divots and everything. And I'm kind of waddling like a penguin. It isn't It isn't beautiful. It's not serene or quiet or calm. It's cumbersome. It's kind of a loud walk. Not vocally or volume-wise loud. Just the movements are robust. I'm trying to balance and everything. The horse will let me come up to it. It let me touch it. It let me pet down its back. And then it just like looked at me and looked away and walked away from me. Now I wear my heart on my sleeve. And I just, I just remember thinking, okay, I, I knew that the mom that was there had a horse that was being really calm and she was petting it and it was always good. The daughter, same thing. My husband, my husband, who didn't even want to do an equine thing, had his horse sitting there just hanging with him. The one person who wanted to be there, horse, the, the horse totally dissed me. And I remember looking around at my husband and I think he could see the tears welling up in my eyes. And I could just see him saying, get your shit together, get your shit together, don't cry. And he's whispering these things. And the instructor looks at me and she kind of smirks and she goes, kind of feels like rejection, doesn't it? And I said, completely. Now the tears are now starting to drip a little bit. And she goes, why do you think that horse did that? And it was the first time someone called me out to think about in front of other people. What could be wrong with me? Because I know enough about animals that I would take on that ownership. That that was probably a very good horse. They use it for that type of thing all the time. There was something that was going on with me. And I'm like, well, I'm, I know with my leg, it's different. But I said, I'm really uncomfortable how I approach the horse. And I tried to mask it the best I could, and I tried to be real calm around it and tried to be like Joe Cool when I walked up to it, but I didn't feel like I was confident in how calmly I approached the horse and with self-esteem, right? Like I was dreading a little bit, like, I, I would, God, I wish this was easier kind of a feel. And she goes, exactly. She goes, horses feel your energy and they reflect what you're really feeling. And it was like, holy cow, like the, the epiphany that happened in that moment of my life on how I could totally snow anybody in my family or the, the, the world, that I was doing great and smile at them, that everything's good with my leg, but I still had my own uncertainties that I was coping with and trying to deal with. And this horse, after two minutes of being with me, totally called me out. Well... The lady didn't want me to feel rejection again. So she said, how about we now we'll just tie them up to the gates and you, everybody go to a different horse. Well, that was easy for me because my horse didn't want to be near me anyways. So everybody shifted horses. So I went up to this beautiful white horse and it couldn't go anywhere. So I had to come to terms with my, calming myself. And I started petting her and she was so good and she just dealt with me. And then the lady told us to just put our chests on them and maybe our arms hanging over the horses and, and try to get our breathing in sync. And that worked. It was wonderful. It was an amazing experience. And I was living right there and then in the presence. And I was so happy, like that little girl that always wanted a horse. And then after that, the next step and the final step was, okay, we're going to release the horses from their leads and see what they do. So my horse didn't leave. I was very excited that this new horse didn't leave me after she had the freedom to. I had calmed myself. I had grounded myself. I had owned where I was feeling shortchanged or lacking self-esteem. And I was sitting there petting her. And that other horse that somebody else was with left them. This is the horse that blew me off. Came over to my horse and shoved that horse out of the way and walked right in front of me in my space, and horses are very big about personal space, in my space and just sat there and let me pet him and hold him and touch his face and feel his breath and and breathe, uh, sink my breathing with him and everything. It was so profound that it changed my life. And I just, I mean, the tears welled up and they were finally tears of joy and relief and excitement and disbelief. And I remember her going, okay, at the end, she and this horse never left my side. I'd move away a little bit. He'd come closer and he was just so good. And then when the time came for us to leave he was looking the other way or something and I started walking away and it was almost like he looked at me, he goes, where are you going? And he bolted towards me. Like I've never had a horse run towards me. He ran at me and buddied right beside me and tried to get out the gate when I went out the gate. And the lady's like, no, you have to stay here to the horse and, and everything. And I'll tell you what, it was so extremely validating to see that through his Demeanor in his eyes, how much I tried to heal myself in the moment that I was there. And the the 180 I did in just a half an hour, 45 minutes of time. And like I said, truly my life changed at that moment. Um, we had just the rest of that day in Tucson, and when I got home, the very next day I called a friend of mine and I said, I know you've had horses and everything, and I know we haven't talked in a while, but if you know of anybody in the horse world that would allow me just to be around their horses, I don't need to ride them. I just, I wanted to work on me and see if I could find that same connection with another horse and even maybe deeper because I'd have more time with it. And she looked at me or she was on the phone with me and she goes, yeah, me, you need to come over because I am rescuing a mare tomorrow. Well, needless to say, that is the mare that I now kind of semi-own. Um, my friend is such such a dear, dear friend of mine. She doesn't realize how much she has changed my life, allowing me this, this nicety to be on her property around this horse. Literally, the day I went, which was the day she was brought to her house, we found out the horse was extremely pregnant and was going to be put down that day, pregnant. Um... And instead of being kind of standoffish and, and nasty, um, this mare was kind and gentle. And I, at least to me, she was, and I just remember my friend looking at me, and she goes, I've never seen a connection like this so fast. She goes, if this horse can make it through the pregnancy that they didn't even realize she was going through, because we had no idea what had, um, what had impregnated her. We didn't know how big a horse, if it would kill her. And they said she had some disease and we didn't know how that would play out with the pregnancy and the birthing. She goes, but if she survives, she's yours. And I said, well, you know, I know that, <laughs> I know horses cost a lot of money and I, I the little girl me is like, yay, but the adult me says that there's no way I can bring this up to my husband and be okay with it. She goes, just love her. That's all I'm asking right now. Give when you can, love her as much as you can. And that was... Almost Well, that was two years ago this next month, so almost two years. And the connection I have with this mare is amazing. And her colt was born on April Fool's Day that year, almost two years ago. And he is a handful, but he is smart and beautiful and tall. And I wanted to tell you this story because... Like I said, it has changed my life. Not only have I become a complete horse girl, and if you could see anything in my room, horse, horse stuff, the stuff behind me, horse, horse, this is all horse, all that's horse. Everything went horse in here. Um, There's a horse behind me right there. If you're looking on YouTube, I mean, it's just everything has, I mean, I'm in love. I am deeply and deeply in love with the equine world. So much that my husband loves entertaining my craziness when I say I really want to get certified in horse training and behavior management. He's like, okay. So I started that last year and I'm seven weeks from being done on double certification. And then last week I said, so I really want to learn equine massage. And and like the sweetheart that he is, the first thing is how much is that going to cost us? And I said, well, there's a big deal right now because it's the first of the year and new, new things going on. And, and I am now in equine massage certification program. The, the funny thing is, is that not only am I doing all this studying to learn and absorb, I've also used what I've learned in my training with my own horse and her baby. And I've worked on myself along the way. So this is where I cycle back to let you know, how can this help someone that might be struggling right now? One, the stuff I learned about myself in that that short time of a class was, like I said, profound it made me dig deeper into what was really going on in my my mental and my emotional state. Everybody can see my physical state and when it hurts, it's obvious. And when it doesn't fit right, my leg doesn't fit right, it's obvious. And you know, I have my physical issues. Those just take time. Those are gonna have good days, bad days, good weeks, bad weeks, good fits, bad fits, whatever. Mental and emotional are a completely different ball game. And if you do not address the mental or emotional struggles you're going through, then you're not going to be able to address the physical. It is too hard of a life to get through all of our physical trials without being in a good place in our head, in our heart. And I would tell you that my, my process through becoming an amputee, gaining my personal train certification, nutrition certification, corrective exercise certification, and now working in the equine world, I want to bring those together because the value that I saw for myself on equine assisted therapy is so big and so magnificent and so groundbreaking and growing every day in in our nation and around the world, I'm assuming, that I want to be a part of that because I want to help you. I I want to reach out to the bigger community, amputees, people that are dealing with medical issues, people that are wheelchair bound. You don't even need to ride the horse to gain the benefit of being around. And what I'm learning actually right now in my final certification on equine assisted therapy is how horses are blank slates and they mirror our emotions and i 100% agree with that and i can speak from experience it's not something i read in a textbook it is something that my heart and my soul experienced to the the depth that i never knew i could feel with an animal and especially being so new around horses and they're big they're you have to learn it you have to have some you have to have some understanding and you have to have some understanding of yourself to be able to connect with something so grand as a, as a horse. And I mean, they're majestic and they're powerful and they could kill you with one kick and and yet they could be the most gentle soul that could just heal your heart like nothing else in this world can heal you on the inside. And I think that that is more valuable than what's going on in your what you can see, what your physical state is, because we can all BS each other, every day, right? People say, hey, how you doing? Great, how are you? I mean, that's all we say, right? Smile on our face and move on our way, whether you just don't want to have a conversation or you know that the other person really doesn't want to hear all the crap going on in your life because they got crap going on in their life. So let's bring it back to today and why I'm so energized. I decided to take my dad out east uh, of Phoenix, near the Salt River, to look for the wild horses that we have. Now I have done this trip several times and I have been fortunate enough to once see them and it was midsummer; they were in the river and there was a million other people around and it was crazy and it wasn't really, it was something cool to see and oh I did it, check it off the bucket list, but I didn't feel it if that makes sense and so today was a new thing because it is freezing here right now. We've had freezing temperatures the last few nights. We're not going to be out of the 30s in the evenings for the next week. And it's only 40s up here by where I'm at. And it was high at 53 there, which was beautiful. And it's finally sunny. So I thought, well, there's not going to be any rafters. We, that doesn't start till summertime. And my dad and I took off. And not only did I want to see if we could find them, I just wanted to show him the magnificent and the beauty of the Arizona world in the wild. Because the the cliff edges and the mountain faces that come down into the river and the wildlife down in the river are just, you just wouldn't expect to see in Arizona since we don't have a lot of water. I mean, there's ducks, there were cranes, you know, just all that was happening. And it was just, the sun was shining on the mountain faces. It was beautiful. And just being able to show my dad that was there in, in itself enough. And one thing I have always know about myself is whenever I trek out someplace, hiking, walking, biking, I do not like to start a trip if I know it circles back around and stop halfway and backtrack. But something told me to backtrack today. And I'm telling you, I do not do this. I would rather face a rough, grueling mountain climb to go around and not repeat the same view than to go backward. Well, we did today. And we were greatly and richly rewarded with seeing the wild horses. And there was nobody else around. And the first time we saw a, one batch of 15 to 20, and they were up way up on a ridge. The sun was kind of behind them, so I don't know how my pictures will turn out. But they were just, it was really neat to see them follow each other. There was a lead horse, an alpha, and they were just following that alpha all the way down the ridge. And it was so cool. And then after we thought we'd had enough, and we were kind of getting cold because it was, the sun was starting to set. We got back in the car and we turned around and we started heading back the way we had come this early afternoon. And as we were doing that, I saw another car pull over and I'd seen two brown wild horses on their own. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to go do this. So I did another U-turn and parked. And my dad sat there and he saw them from the window. And I said, stay put, I'll be right back. And I went up on this ledge where there was just one other gentleman. And I said, oh, that is just amazing. And I see him look behind me and I turn around and there were four that were really close and I was in complete awe. My dad hadn't seen him. So I kind of ran back down the hill, told my dad, look back, they're right there. He got out of the car and we watched and watched and watched. And just as we were about to walk away, we hear in the distance a really loud horse call. And I was like, what was that? And I watched and one white horse in uh, that was close to us picked up their head, called back, and then started to run. And as I look, one of those brown horses that was disappearing in the distance that I originally saw was walking back towards this other one, which he was the male, and the female came bolting down the little ravine there and up, and they were starting to go through a mating ritual, and they were sniffing each other out, and they were nipping at each other. They were winning, they were jumping, and it was right in front of me. I mean, probably 50 yards away. And I'll tell you what, oh my God, my heart just grounding myself. And you know what? In that moment, I wasn't thinking about my amputation. I wasn't thinking about the fit of my prosthetic. I wasn't thinking about the tingling in my foot. And there is, even right now, it's just burning. Nothing else mattered. Being back in nature, being in awe of the world around me, breathing in the fresh air, enjoying the sun, warming my jacket. If you haven't listened to any of my podcasts, the running theme in almost every single one of them is distraction. Use distraction. When nothing else is working, you cannot sit around and feel sorry for yourself. You cannot sit around and put your foot up. I can't do that. If I try to put my foot up, I feel it worse. So a lot of times I stand behind our couch while there's a movie playing in the evening after dinner and my husband was like, why don't you sit down? Because it's not comfortable. So when I settle in in the evening and there's not really a lot of distraction, that's when I feel myself, my leg, the hurt, and the pain, the uniqueness of it. But distraction is a wonderful, wonderful thing to do and have as a tool in your toolbox to cope when things get rough. And so this was the ultimate distraction from my equine heart. And for the little girl inside of me, and I just told my dad, you have no idea how rare this is to watch them do all of what they were doing and the language they were speaking to each other right before our eyes. So I'm hoping that after I get off this podcast, that I will upload my pictures and they will be on my website, which is www.bawarrior360.com. You'll have to take a look at them and I'll probably throw them on my my Instagram page too. But, you know, if you cannot heal within your heart inside, then you're going to struggle healing with the physical. So I know some of you are dealing with the frustration or the anger or the letdown that you are feeling because of the situation you are in. But I'm a very big, firm believer that everything has a season that everything comes to an end, that valleys become mountaintops and mountaintops do become valleys. But knowing that after everything I've been through and the pains that I've been through, I know with, with certainty that when things are rough, they will get better. And then when you are in a great place, enjoy the ride for as long as you can with as much attention to the, the beauty of it because it is eventually going to roll up on you again and put you in a place that you're going to feel angry, frustrated, anxious, um, whatever it is that depression, whatever it is that kind of attacks you when you're down. And And I'll tell you, I my goal truly is to reach out. I, 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 if you are interested, I'm getting up and running my personal training, my accountability coach, my motivational speaking, my motivational coaching. And equine therapy is something that's very dear to my heart. And somehow I will get that up and running for those of you interested and that live near me, obviously. But in the meantime, heal inside. Accept where you're at with what you can. Not saying that you give up. That's different. If you are going to allow your circumstance to dictate your emotion and your quality of life, rethink it because I know it's hard. Trust me, I wouldn't speak these words if I hadn't already been through five years of surgeries that all failed epically, hours upon hours upon hours of pain and pain medicines, PT, Um, tears being pushed through the rigors of PT when nothing would work, surgery after surgery, healing after healing, and failed after failed attempt to get better, only to have to have someone take my leg above the knee to leave me with a leg that has to heal, that hurts some days by taking it off, and I have rashes and blisters that I have to deal with inside my socket, to, I mean, I've been through it all. I only speak to you from what I have experienced. And what I know without a doubt is even when I have the worst phantom pains and I've had several episodes, even just recently in the last few months, that the one thing that saved me is saying, you do know this will end. Figure out what you can do to distract yourself non-stop until it ends, but it will come to an end, I promise you. And it did. And I'm like, okay, I was right. I love that. I know that because if you truly believe it, you can cope much better. And I've also seen people that are angry at the situation they're in. Angry because someone else did this to them, a drunk driver or a bad driver, a car accident, motorcycle accident whatever and you hold on to that anger well if you're holding on to that anger and that um hate towards the person who did it you also will not heal properly and move on until you've let that go you know you've heard that saying a thousand times that you know when we don't forgive someone it it won't ever matter to them they don't care they won't see you again more than likely. But what it does do is it destroys us from the inside out. It eats away at our heart. It eats away at our soul, emotions. So until we can forgive and heal inside, and that's where the equine therapy comes in. Because I'll tell you what, you will come with all your baggage and that horse that you're paired with will unpack it. It will reflect it. You can see it in in physical form, in the way your horse acts and retreats, shies away, or looks at you wide-eyed with fear in their eyes, depending on what you come with. And the goal for me, whenever I get with my horse and the other horses around my horse, is to bring a sense of calm and peace to the area that I'm in. I want my aura to be calm. I want my aura to be healthy And when I've accomplished that, I know because of the way the horses treat me. This last few weeks, my biggest pride and joy is that I have learned to sit on the ground, take deep, audible breaths for my horse to hear me, and then I lay back with this huge, you know, 1,200-pound horse near me. And the last few times I've been there, she's come and laid down next to me. And that was My dream when I first met this girl is that someday she would trust me enough and I would own my emotions enough that I would bring enough peace to that area and trust that she would do it. And I'll tell you what, there is nothing more beautiful than spending 45 minutes in the beautiful blue sun of the Arizona sky looking up and hearing your horse snorting and snoring next to you and completely at peace knowing that it knows you're not going to hurt it and it trusts you unconditionally. So that is my joy for today. That is my peace of mind I want to throw out to you. I want you to look into equine therapy. Check it out. See what's in your area. Maybe there's a place near you right now that's actually doing it. And if you're like me, the first time I really got up to do something, it was for a nonprofit, profit and, and I was able to, with an interview, get lessons and be around horses for free while I learn to figure out how I can handle myself with a horse. And that was a really valuable um, technical skill that gave me confidence when I was around horses. So call to action really is research that, I truly believe in it, reach out to me, ask me questions. I would love to assist you. And if you live near me and you are interested in reaching out to me to be motivated or accountability coach or someone to personal train with or equine therapy, I can get you started on the right path. Just reach out to me, but check it out. I think that if you find, um, someplace near you, even in one session, one time being there, you're going to feel a whole different healing that you've never felt before. So I wish you well. I pray you have a great week. Um, I love being here. I'm thankful that you are here. Please like and share my podcast with others, my Instagram, um, just get the word out. I'm just I'm just trying to grow the audience because um, like I said, if I can just help one of you cope with the life you are living right now and help you live a better life and, and feel like you are fulfilled in your life, Even with your circumstance, then I've done what I wanted to do. And as always, be healthy, be happy, be you.